Hi, and welcome to Forest of the Future, the podcast series on how innovation in FSC can help save our forests. We all know that forests play a key role in combating climate change and the biodiversity crisis we're facing. In this podcast series, we explore how innovation, especially within tech tools, but also more broadly, can help us protect our forests and support the mission of FSC, which is to ensure responsible management of our forests worldwide. In this episode, we will be looking into how FSC is utilizing GIS tools to innovate the way audits are being informed and even performed. We will be diving into how GIS-based tools can help FSC provide digital solutions to new challenges that we're facing due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Because how does a system like FSC function if auditors can't travel and get on the ground? GIS-based verification may be part of the answer. But let's start from the beginning. What is GIS? I'll start by letting Joanna Nerovska, Program Manager for Data Evaluation, Analytics and Learning in FSC, explain. Later, we will hear more about what FSC is actually doing and when from Andres Ramirez, who is FSC's expert on GIS. Hi, Joanna. Could you start off by explaining to me in your own words what GIS is? Hmm, that is a very interesting question because there are so many books written about JS and they have on average more than 100 pages. <laughs> so you gave me <laughs> quite a challenge. So I will try to respond with referring to a saying that a picture is worth more than a thousand words. And that's what GIS is. GIS helps you to visualize information that is otherwise available in complex Excel sheets, sometimes PDFs, sometimes really literally pictures, images, sometimes in other form of, of databases. And it pulls it all together and put this, this as a pin on the map. And then when you see those pins on the map, you see patterns that otherwise are just not possible to discover, to comprehend for human mind only by going through series of Excels, through series, series of PDFs or all the various access databases, etc. So mm -hmm. I'm not sure whether that was helpful. <laughs> I can elaborate it was. a bit more. It was, definitely was. Okay. So basically it's, it's a photographic way for FSE to detect patterns and changes inside our system. And not only for FSC, for the whole world. So um, how GIS started, and, and now I am uh, my, my knowledge, theoretical knowledge is a bit of rusted, and I have terrible uh, memory for names and, and, and uh, numerical facts. But it started from a disease in a doctor in England, I believe, somewhere around, I think, 18th century, but I may be totally wrong about those numeric, numeric facts. He, um, uh, he started observing and mapping where he discovered cases of disease. So every time when a, a sick patient was coming to this doctor, he was asking him where they were, etc., and where, uh, and, and collecting location information about their disease. And at some point when he looked at the dots on the map that he put, he discovered that actually most of those people probably were infected uh, around the, the well from the water that they were taking. Uh, and uh, this is the, the good example of application of GIS. I mean, without having this location, before he could guess from those different interviews, etc., that something actually was going wrong with the access to the water, it would take so much more time to discover mm -hmm. this. Or if, for example, you apply remote sensing and you have photograph of a forest, 
you can see that some of the trees are having different colors. And you ask the question why, and you can see patterns that perhaps those trees are having different colors along the certain course, uh, water course, certain river. And then perhaps this river was poisoned, and this is why trees around this river are dying out. Or maybe uh, there was some storm and some forest was removed and then forest and then the trees that were on the edge of this this uh, catastrophe are now getting weak because they lack previous protection so you can detect in advance that something is going wrong with the health although for human eye they would look normally perfectly fine but using satellite imaginary remote sensing we can discover actually something is going wrong there so maybe it's better if i cut them now and replace them already rather than allowing disease to spread and then i will have i will need to cut much more and of course that will have very negative effect on uh, on the soil on many other uh, elements of this ecosystem so that's very forestry example forgive me with that oh no well it's a good example because it gives a, a good um view into why it could be important for FSC, but could you then uh, tell me a bit more about what FSC is doing with DIS? Sure. So uh, for, uh, actually, sadly enough, Loa, uh, there is no better time for question like that rather than in the outbreak of COVID-19. So uh, our system, many lives of our colleagues, of other people living on this planet are now uh, very strongly affected. Many uh, jobs are being uh, under threat because people cannot travel. Uh, that also uh, impacts, of course, our auditors. They cannot travel and traveling going to the field is they work. So GIS oppor brings opportunity to rethink our assurance model, rethink how we do audits, how do we check compliance, and instead of relying almost entirely today on site visits, we can now use technology that is out there, it's very well developed, and develop option for remote auditing, or at least replace large part or as much as possible from the audit and do it remotely. Uh, today, it will not be possible to um, to completely replace the audit uh, with, with remote sensing on GIS because uh, obviously part of our requirements are, su are such important things like health and safety, interviews with workers, um, and social side of requirements. But you could also use different technology to do that. And then combining with GIS, you potentially get a really powerful tool to support FSC and many other organizations like ours in those difficult times and protect uh, services that our auditor certification bodies can provide. Mm -hmm. Plus, uh, apart from this uh, very challenging situation we are now in, um, GIS gives you opportunity to look at the whole forest. As of today, traditionally, auditor will never is just not physically able to go to every corner and check every part of forest that is being certified. So they must guide themselves uh, by different uh, information that they're receiving mainly from certificate holder, usually very, um, very much on the audit so they don't have time to prepare. And the advantage of GIS is this preparation time, the ability for auditor to look at the whole certified area, to see using technology and algorithms to observe what kind of changes and where they occurred. And this is powerful because they simply know where to look. If you are searching for something and you don't know where it is, 
how likely is it that you find it? You can find it and you will find it, but you will find probably less and it will take you so much more time. And with GIS, uh, you can find it much more quickly. And FSC is working on specific tools to actually make that a reality? Yes. So we are now uh, in the project of GIS verification platform, and we do search for a better name for that. <laughs> and uh, this GIS verification platform is essentially using satellite imaginary uh, to uh, help detect changes that occurred from one audit to another uh, and giving uh, it's also um, it will also include algorithms that will help calculate um, or display changes potential uh, areas of potential nonconformities according to selected requirements that can be assessed remotely so as i said not everything today can be or should be assessed remotely but those things that we can map and see on the map we selected from our requirements, we will build algorithms that based on satellite images uh, will calculate uh, the changes that occurred and will tell auditor, oh, in this area, there is, it looks like there was some big clear cut. And let's imagine that this clear cut is six hectares, while FST standard allows only up to four hectares. And maybe it allows only those clear cuts during the winter time and those clear cuts occur during summer. So what is happening there? Was it some emergency? Was it some storm happening and forest manager had to simply deal with that? Or perhaps it is abuse of our requirements. Mm -hmm. And the system would be able to detect that and notify the CB? So uh, at the moment we are collecting requirements. So we are beginning conversation with CBs to uh, assess exactly what kind of functionalities the system will have. Notification is one of them. However, from um, feedback that we so far got from uh, the world of professional, uh, highly advanced GIS um, specialists is that everybody wants this notification, but it's actually not that easy to make them. So probably we would invest rather on more essential uh, features, assuming that the auditor then at their own piece would be checking regularly the platform in their own frequency need according to the risk associated with certificate holder, etc. Would it still detect the areas where, for example, let's take the example that, uh, that you could only clear cut four hectares, like you said, and six hectares have been clear-cut. Now, while I understand that notification may be difficult, would it highlight that area? Of course, yeah. And th this whole project is, is blowing my mind, the whole potential in, in it. I'm assuming that one of the big uh, one of the big building blocks for this is to to have boundary data of certified forest areas simply knowing where those forest areas are. Um, and I know that we... That we last year started uh, what we call FSCs on the map, where where certificate holders can voluntarily upload uh, their their boundary files, basically showing where the FSC's certified forest is, because because today it's not a requirement inside of the FSC standards to to deliver such a specific file. I guess you couldn't, in fact, deliver a paper map uh, to to your auditor, and that would still be accepted. What what are we doing to to ensure that all forests are enabled to to be visualized on the GIS verification platform? So this is very interesting question, and indeed, um, we we ideally, in order to implement remote auditing, in order to prepare for the audit best, you would need this boundary data. And it is possible to either take it from from our existing sources 
or it will be possible for auditor to conduct certificate holder and upload them. However, even if you don't have this boundary data, in the platform you can just specify the area of interest. And this is a very common term that is used in GIS analytics, which is called area of interest. You just draw a polygon, for example, because you know that certified operations are more or less here. And even if you don't have a boundary, through administrative boundaries, through to water courses, you can navigate in the satellite images using also some background maps like Google Maps or, or, or things like that. And you can draw a polygon to identify, this is where I want to do my analysis. So we are not that dependent on boundaries, but as you said, and this is very right, uh, the best performance we will achieve only having them. What about uh, maps of, of high conservation value forests or HCVs, as we tend to tend to <laughs> call them without <laughs> clearly identifying what that is, or um, ecosystem services or other such things? Could could we imagine a scenario where we we would have that uh, as part of the GIS verification platform and and utilize it? Absolutely, that that could be next step to develop algorithms that upon having those data, you can of course compare uh, whether those HCVs are actually staying in the same place over time. <laughs> because if you have set aside uh, areas that's not HCV, but good example uh, to to use this additional more detailed uh, layers of features. So if you have a, a location of um, of set aside areas that should not be subject to any management activities, it's fair to assume that they should be uh, always in the same place. <laughs> and, mm. uh, and that could be very simple analysis that you could do with JS having those data. Mm -hmm. And HCVs right. the same. You could compare where uh, where HCVs appear. You could then compare them <clears throat> with other requirements and then run analytics easily on that, yes. Mm. Buffer, buffer zones and uh, presence of endangered uh, species and rare species, the same for ecosystems. You could check overlaps. Uh, you could then compare, verify whether your um, area of HCVs as discovered in, um, in the land books or in otherwise determined is actually matching the spatial coverage that GIS platform could, could indicate for you. Mm. So it's easy for me to see where the exciting part of, about this this whole initiative and working in GIS and FSC, uh, why I would get excited about that. What is the most exciting part for you? The most exciting part for me is combination with other projects and data sources that it can bring us in the future. So... Um, it's really, when you see the things on the map, especially everything becomes so much clearer. So if we combine FM online data, if we combine other sources of data and China of custody online data with locations of those elements, we can get so much more insights. So that excites me the most, apart from just, just uh, being in love with maps. Where do you see the big strategic value in working in, in DIS and FSC? So apart from current challenges related to uh, to COVID-19 that I already outlined, this is more sad part and reasoning for investing in GIS. I'll tell this way. Do you remember that the good old times when we are driving on a paper map? 
because I do, and I honestly loved it. So the always sliding paper sheet with beautiful map features that was lying on my passenger seat, or I was holding in between my hands when dry, behind when, when having those hands on the driving wheel. So um, it was really exciting. It, it's You could uh, be so proud when you actually got to somewhere. And, and you were observing environment in a completely different way, searching for those signs of directions and recognizing them and seeing differences uh, you know, over different countries uh, where you were driving. So it was really cool. However, apart from the fact that you felt like real explorer, then is of course question whether it was always entirely safe, was it fast enough, uh, what kind of level of effort had to be put uh, into get, getting to somewhere and um, what else, what kind of other information and insights from the landscape you could get if you didn't have to focus on those signs and always chase for direction and then colors of road signs. So I would say that introducing GIS and utilizing GIS in FST is like introducing navigation to driving. You simply know where to go. So um, our certificate holders themselves are already operating with GIS. Uh, they can be very professional about it. And certification bodies gain the knowledge where to go. And if you know where to go and what is the road, how to get there, you are just moving so much faster and you can use this time for doing even more exciting things. So, we've learned from Joanna that there is vast potential in GIS for FSC, both short-term and longer-term. It can help FSC increase integrity and it can help develop solutions in a time of crisis like the one the pandemic is currently presenting. Let's find out from Anders Ramirez more about the details of the work that he's leading up and how it may change how audits are being performed. Hi, Andres, and thank you for participating in this podcast on GIS. Uh, hi, Loa. Thank you for having me here. It's a pleasure. What, what are you expecting to release this year? So this year we're planning to launch the GIS platform for, for audits by the end of the year, mid-December if everything goes well. <laughs> and could we just dive into that GIS platform for audits for a bit? Um, so how would that change the auditing process for CBs and for certificate holders? So I, hopefully it will change the approach they are taking now. So regarding how they plan the audits, how they plan where to look, how they plan what to ask to the forest managers or the owners or the applicants. Uh, our team's idea and our team's uh, vision is that by having valuable, objective, unbiased information before actually going into the field, that gives you an added value that, uh, that you won't get using the traditional approach. Of course, uh, the whole process cannot be replaced. You still need to, to conduct field audits, but if you know where to look, if you know where the concerning areas are located, if you know what's happening in, in, in some local areas of the, of the operation, then I believe it makes the audit process uh, easier uh, so that you can focus on other things rather than having to ask the, the forest manager, oh, could you please take me to, to a harvesting area? 
could you please take me to a water course or, or whatever you're asking? And it also, at the same time, it also brings this uh, sense of objectivity because now you are not only relying on what the person in charge wants to share with you or wants to show you, but you already know what's happening. And if you can uh, start the audit telling the person in charge, oh, look, I, I see concerning areas here, here, here. So could you please take me to those places? I believe that's more efficient and more objective than the, than the current approach. Mm-hmm. So you're right now, you're building a platform, it seems, and what will happen then next? So now we, we are just starting. We hope that uh, the actual development will start by May after the design phase and uh, infrastructure. And uh, according to our plan, we will have our beta tests and our field and our pilots, field pilots by the end of August. And according to the results, some adjustments will have to be done. And by mid-December, we will have the final version ready to ready for launching. Mm-hmm. And do you think this whole system, will that be a voluntary system or, or a mandatory system? Uh, it will be a voluntary system. Uh, we hope that once the CBs or the auditors use it, they will see the value and they will start using it. So I believe that once they see the value, it will not it will not become mandatory in from us, but mm-hmm. mandatory from from themselves. So they mm. they want so to that, use it. So that they implement it. I guess as as well actually when thinking about it that it's for companies or for forest owners, um, it's also a possibility for them to show an added layer of due diligence that they are willing to let their forest area be surveilled basically and and high or not high risk but but areas of interest for their auditor to be automatically detected through uh, automatic analysis of what's been going on on the forest floor. Yes and currently uh, most of the forest companies or forest industry is uh, is moving into into this trend of using remotely sensed data uh, either by satellite imagery or by drones. So it, it makes the process more efficient, more objective. Yes, if, if, if you consider that with, with the traditional approach, the managers or auditors have to survey and walk large swaths of land cover in a very short period of time, then it's uh, time-consuming, it's tedious, it's quite expensive, I believe, and at the end of the day, because you cannot see the whole picture, only sample sites or only a few pieces of the forest, at, at the end of the day, their conclusions are often prompt to be biased and inaccurate. But if you use the satellite imagery or uh, aerial images captured by drones, you create a complete detailed picture of the forest from above and it provides uh, i believe comprehensive insights and that enables further analysis so yes so everything the trend is now to move from having to work 
seeing and capturing what's happening from from above and mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I find it quite exciting and it's uh, very interesting and it's very cool that technology can be used in, in different ways. Mm -hmm. What can you actually see from the sky on a satellite? Like how close can you get? What are we able to detect? It's a good question. So uh, at the beginning, satellites they delivered uh, coarse resolution products uh, or around 30 meter resolution. So that one pixel, uh, one side of one pixel is uh, 30 meters. So it's uh, half a block. So it, it was not that accurate. It worked for uh, global monitoring or regional monitoring. But today you can have images which such high detail that you can even see yourself standing on your garden. One pixel is one centimeter. That's oh. uh, that's amazing. You can detect, if you talk about forestry, you can detect individual logs, perhaps uh, estimate volumes, perhaps uh, estimate um, harvesting, and yeah, a lot of things. Could you even do like inventory and species definition? I believe so. There have been some research into that, but that it's very important to to acknowledge that field work will always be required. So you can see from above, but you cannot go under the canopy. So you cannot see what's going under the, the, the leaves. And that's also very important to consider. So the, uh, the best approach is the combination of both. If you can uh, track what's going on from the sky and you know which sites are concerning, then you can send the person to the field to actually check those areas. And if you want to do something uh, more detailed, like uh, biodiversity of frogs, then you'll have to go there and, and check. So mm -hmm. not everything can be done from the sky. No, <laughs> but a lot more than what we're doing today. Thank you very much, Andres. Have a lovely day and uh, stay safe in these Corona times. <laughs> Same for you, Loa. Thank you. I hope that this last half an hour has given you a glimpse into what FSC is trying to do with GIS. We're truly excited about having embarked on this journey and we hope that you are too. There is no doubt that remote sensing and touch-free verification method will be more important than ever before. If you want to stay connected to our work, please join our LinkedIn group, FSC Digital Innovations. You can also always get in touch with us on digitalinput at fsc.org. I'm Laura Worm and this was forest for the future.